and he kind of like took a jab at the pronouns community. I don't know like what to call it, <laughs> but he's like, uh, somebody was like, yo, Dave, be careful. They after you. And he's like, who they, is it one they or many days? And that was definitely like a, a laugh out loud moment for me. What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast on the face of the planet and in the entire universe and in the multiverse that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 192 of the Spun Today podcast, and in this episode, I speak about watching two comedy specials, Dave Chappelle's The Closer which is the final special in his three special contract with Netflix and Shane Gillis's live in Austin. I also tell you about watching the show La Factoria, AKA the Dominican office. Definitely stick around for all that good stuff. But before we get into the show, here is a very quick way that you can help support the spun today podcast. If you so choose and you should so choose. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. Dave Chappelle just finished putting out his latest stand-up comedy special this past week. It's called The Closer. It's the third and final stand-up comedy special that he inked a deal with Netflix to complete in exchange for $60 million, a deal which came about about a decade after him walking away from a $50 million deal with Comedy Central, citing creative differences when doing the Chappelle show. You all might remember that's when folks were writing him off as crazy, who the hell walks away from $50 million, that's nuts. And that type of mentality in and of itself, it just comes from, in my opinion, the society that we live in, the Western way of life, if you will, where green is God, money is all, right? And for a lot of folks, it's hard to even fathom and wrap their heads around someone someone prioritizing for an art above money or prioritizing their integrity above money. And that shouldn't be mistaken with, and it's not to say that money is not part of the equation. It absolutely is. And for most artists, myself included, if I want to call myself that, you know, someone that, you know, makes any type of art, writes, paints, comic, etc. A dream and a definite desire of most is to be able to live off of what it is that you create. Because that in and of itself creates a snowball effect of being able to do it that much more often, right? You don't have a nine to five and those types of responsibilities that take away from 
you creating you're able if you're able to make money and make a make a living off of what it is that you enjoy doing and creating then that's like the ultimate win right because then you get to report to that every day and do more of it and it continues to snowball and that's a very selected few that are ever able to say that and even more privileged few that are able to do it at a level of a Dave Chappelle. But that monetary component, although it is part of the equation, it's not what's being prioritized for. It's not the first thing on the list. It could be the second or third or fourth thing on the list, but not the first. Whereas on the flip side, for most folks, it's a necessity to prioritize for that first. And then it also just becomes like I mentioned before, just part of this society and culture that we all come up in where money is God. And we all want the nicest house, the coolest cars, the most technologically advanced phones and gadgets and things, etc. And that in and of itself becomes a snowball effect in that sense that, you know, it's just keeping up with the Joneses after a while. But that constant is still the same of prioritizing for money versus your integrity or your art, etc., where you're even willing to give concessions on your time and your freedoms and what it is that you really want out of life in order to fulfill that desire to accumulate more wealth, to buy more things, et cetera, et cetera. And because of that mentality, that psychological mindfuck, if you will, folks just took him walking away from $50 million back in the day as crazy. He's a nut job. It's the only way anyone could wrap their heads around that is oh you must be crazy who does that the motherfucking comedy goat dave Chappelle does that too and i've covered his previous specials here on the spun today podcast if you want to go back and take a listen please feel free equanimity the bird revelation sticks and stones and now we have the closer in that time period he also released a free special on youtube which was less standard comedy and more social commentary it was called 846 it was about a half hour that he put out free on youtube that folks can check out i'll link to it in the episode notes for you as well and like i said that was more social commentary on the aftermath of the george floyd murder and although he did sprinkle in some humor uh, within it it was less of that and more of just doing something that Dave Chappelle does better than anyone else, I feel. And it's something that he's truly genius in, which is being able to encapsulate a feeling, something that's in the zeitgeist, and being the orator of that feeling, and being able to articulate what so many of us are feeling, but unable to put into words ourselves. And he truly encapsulates a moment, whether it be within a bit, within a special, within a body of work, like these past specials for Netflix have been. He's a true artist in that way and just an absolute national treasure. Unfortunately, he did say that this is the last special that he's going to do for a while. And I believe him. You know, it's the same dude that said, fuck $50 million and I'm going to Africa for a while. And everybody was like, yeah, right, you crazy fuck. That's not going to happen. And it did. <laughs> so I definitely believe him. Um, there was like a sincerity in his voice when, when he said that as well. At least I feel that I picked up on that. But the good thing is that we have so much of his work that's out there that we can go back and enjoy time and time again. And this special was 
the type of special that if you were looking for something to be upset about, you'll definitely be able to find it <laughs> within this special. It was almost as if like everybody got the smoke and like straight out the gate, blacks, Asians, trans, vaccinated, unvaccinated, everyone got it, women, but it wasn't in a malicious way, at least not to me. I know a lot of folks, especially from the LGBTQ plus community were up in arms about this special, um, just like in Sticks and Stones as well. He had a transgender joke that was like highlighted from that special and, you know, people, you know, calling out to cancel Dave Chappelle, et cetera, et cetera. Like CNN was covering like the controversy behind this special and how certain groups that nobody's ever heard of until they decided to speak out against Dave Chappelle's special saying that it's it's transphobic, etc., are coming out. But to me, it's not coming from a place of malice at all. Quite the contrary, actually, when you break down the actual special. I think it's more so like a lot of Dave's work, and comedians in general, um, but Dave specifically, more so about highlighting hypocrisy. You know, like the comics that give you like food for thought type of things and, you know, play with social commentary along with their with their comedy a lot of the time it's them verbalizing and crystallizing for us the hypocrisy of the masses or of specific situations or specific groups like the lgbtq community like the black community like the asian community like the hispanic community etc cetera, etc cetera. vaccinated versus unvaccinated communities and how we're all kind of equal in our hypocrisy and our biases and we all have them if not all the time, at least from time to time, from situation to situation, whether we admit it or not is completely secondary. But the fact that they're there, they're there. He tells this hilarious bit. And by the way, there will be spoilers in my little recap and review here. So if you haven't seen the special, fast forward through this part, because again, there will be spoilers. So he tells this story about a lady that's just like following him around in the mall and he notices her going to every store that he goes to and he's walking out to his car and right before he gets into his car she says dave Chappelle," and he turns around and he's like yes ma'am you know what's up and she's like i watch your comedy and i think that you hate women and he tries to speak to her at first and he's like you know surprised you feel that way because i don't think that i feel that way about women and then <laughs> it's hilarious because he's like that he's wondering, what the hell did I say to make this bitch so upset? And, <laughs> um, and he's highlighting like the use of the word bitch to us, the audience, while he's like telling us this story. And he's asking her, you know, have you got to see one of my shows in person? You know, was it, you know, maybe a Netflix special that you saw that you didn't like? And then he's like, or was it when I walked behind you to your car and did my comedy for you in person in the parking lot and she's like what huh he's like exactly bitch save your shit for the comment section this is real life (laughs) i thought that was hilarious um there's just one line that i really liked and it won't kill the bit for you but it's just like the alliteration of the line and that unique dave Chappelle cadence that he says it in just like makes the sentence hilarious in and of itself. And he goes, um, I tenderize them titties like chicken cutlets. 
in true Dave Chappelle fashion, he's always putting us on to black culture and black history, dropping gems like the mention of Sojourner Truth, which was a women's rights activist and was a slave and gave a famous speech back in 1851 during the Women's Convention in Akron, Ohio, entitled Ain't I a Woman, which prompted me to look up the speech and read it. It's a powerful speech. I'll link to it in the episode notes if you guys are interested in reading it yourselves. It's a quick read. It's like a one-page speech and powerful, especially in the context of that time and the fact that it's coming from a black woman at that time. And that's the thing about Chappelle. He's able to give us that dense piece of cultural importance and significance while objectively criticizing the women's movement now in comparison, like juxtaposing the two of then and now, but while being supportive of it and saying he's for it, just not for the way they're going about it now with, you know, only the marching and the tweeting and the boycotting and canceling, etc., and saying things like, you know, women working for powerful Hollywood production companies that call themselves like feminists, etc., and saying how they could have grinded such like Har- Harvey Weinstein's company to a halt, you know, said, I'm not allowing you to put me in, in a production moving forward until you hear out myself, all the other women that I work with, including the women, you know, working in the mailroom, for example. And hear their hear out their grievances, and once we're all heard, then we'll go back to work, like type of thing, you know, like really being about it, about it. And he gives that as an example, and in his comedic genius is able to like switch gears from that once again to saying something as hilarious as what the women's rights movement needs is a male leader, <laughs> and, and that he's willing to be that leader because he has ideas like that. And he's just fucking funny, man. Like Dave Chappelle, he just has that thing that you know him reading the dictionary will make you crack up like the inflection in his voice with certain things like he says um he was walking down the street and somebody was like yo dave be careful they after you and this is like when he was speaking about um trans folks and he kind of like took a jab at the pronouns community i don't know like what to call it <laughs> but he's like uh, somebody was like yo dave they be careful they after you and he's like who they is it one they or many they's? And that was definitely like a, a laugh out loud moment for me. Um, oh, the plot of this movie, which is a genius plot, <laughs> to be honest, like a science fiction movie. Like, I don't know if it exists. If it doesn't, maybe somebody should write it. It's a dope science fiction-y fantasy concept of the UFO sightings, the recent UFO sightings and stuff that have been corroborated as being unknown by the pentagon and the u.s government sightings by folks like commander fravor of the i don't remember if he's air force or navy navy pilot or air force pilot but anyway Chappelle saying that this movie idea that he had which is that these sightings are really people that used to be from earth you know thousands of years ago hundreds or thousands of years ago figured out how to interplanetary travel and once they were able to, they bounced and left Earth. And, you know, they've been out in the universe and wherever they were, shit got fucked up and they decided to come back to Earth. And then the plot of the movie is that then they want to reclaim the Earth for themselves again. And he said that the name of the movie would be Space Jews. 
<laughs> I definitely wasn't expecting that uh, title, especially after hearing the plot, which really sounded like a good fucking movie to me. Um, but it's definitely like social commentary on like Israel and Palestine and shit that's going on over there. He gives a shout out and the special to a couple of goats, my personal goats, Eminem, and um, also another one to Joe Rogan. He's like, do you have a big, thick Joe Rogan neck? <laughs> um, he said the fact that uh, if you ever want to know something in the gay community, speak to Anderson Cooper. <laughs> He's like, this this thing is faster than Google. <laughs> that'll definitely mean more once you guys like hear it in context he says that empathy is bisexual you know it's definitely a a two-way street it has to go both ways he also tells this really touching story of a friend of his named daphne dorman which was a trans woman and comedian and friend of Chappelle's that committed suicide in 2019 and what was most touching to me from that story is a few things but what was most 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 touching is not the fact that you know this person that's being accused of being transphobic is you know has a trans friend for example or that after his sticks and stones special when the trans community came like after him and you know trying to like cancel him she stood up for him in a very heartfelt way and thoughtful way and it's not that when she did so, her own trans community went against her, like on some Uncle Tom type shit. And it's not even that shortly thereafter, not saying it was related, but who knows if it was or if it wasn't, as Chappelle put it in his special, um, that she committed suicide. But what stood out to me the most from his story about Daphne was the part where she opened up for him and she completely bombed. You know, she was a novice comic at that point in time. And then after bombing, she stayed and watched the show and enjoyed it and took it in as if nothing was wrong or nothing had gone wrong, you know, and how in telling the story of that occurrence, he was able to show her resilience, her ability to like get through shit, her ability to be in the moment and enjoy her ability to turn things around from a terrible bombing experience to being super hilarious and kind of sort of heckling him in a way as he's performing his set. But in hearing Dave say it, it was like a, like in a positive way. Like she wasn't doing it maliciously. She was like, it seemed from his perspective, like she was just like talking to the TV. Like if he was on TV and she was just like laughing out loud and like talking to the TV and in Dave's delivery of this, and his ability to convey this moment is when he says what, to me, was most poignant. And he said that during the show, he said something to the effect of, Daphne, I'm not, you know, I don't even understand you sometimes. And that everything changed. And that she looked at him as if he was the whole world in one man. Which, just as a line in and of itself, from a writing perspective, there's so much packed in that line. That's such a perfect sentence. She looked at me like I was the world in a man. But continuing to what was most poignant to me was that at that moment, her mood switched to very serious. And she said, I don't need you to understand me. I just need you to believe that I'm having a human experience. 
And that's what it was for me. And Dave Chappelle being able to encapsulate that feeling, that moment, will do more for, in a positive way, the LGBTQ trans community than any quote-unquote transphobic, supposedly negative comment will ever do. And I say that because that made even me, who's someone that's very live and let live, right? I don't care if you're trans, gay, straight, if you think that the love of your life is the branch on a specific tree within, you know, forest park, and you want to marry it, have at it. I don't give a fuck. I'm not one of those slippery slope, you're going to erode society by, you know, giving into untraditional practices like that or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the common talking points are that oppose socially progressive views. I think the vast majority of us embedded within us are our cultures that we grew up with, the norms that we grew up with, and we'll continue to progress society. We'll continue to push the civilization forward for the most part. If you have a cousin that likes fucking pine cones in the park, who gives a shit? So very indifferent when it comes to things like that. And the way this story and this moment is, was conveyed by Chappelle made me stop for a sec and say, ah, in that moment when she says, I don't need you to understand me. I just need you to believe that I'm having a human experience. Like who can't relate to that? How do they not see that? Like the supposed trans groups that are up in arms and going at Chappelle. How do they not see that? He made it so universally relatable. Like, that's a win for you guys and gals. With so many losses that each and every one of us have to deal with in our lives as individuals, as groups, the different subsets that we categorize ourselves in or that other folks categorize us in, take the wins when you can. And that's a win right there, at least in my opinion. But I digress. Dave Chappelle, you are the motherfucking GOAT. Thank you for doing what you do. Folks, that has been my recap and review on Dave Chappelle's latest stand-up comedy special, The Closer, which is streaming now on Netflix. Check it out. La Factoria. The elevator pitch for the show would be, and I'm not saying that this is the official elevator pitch for the show. It's what my elevator pitch of the show would be. And I'm positive it's not an original thought by any stretch. And 99.9% of the people that have watched the show would more than likely pitch it the same way as I'm about to. Is that it's the Dominican version of The Office. Literally, as I said it, those of you that are in the know, I felt you say it with me at the same time. (laughs) And for those of you that don't know The Office, which some of you exist out there. I was actually one of y'all some time ago. I would say two years ago, maybe three. I had not, I had never seen an episode of The Office. I don't know how. It was just um, one of those shows that no me llamó la atención. I just wasn't like checking for, you know what I mean? And I liked certain shows, I guess you could say like within the genre, like Friends, which my wife, for example, is obsessed with. And I watched like back then Seinfeld, I loved you know, Curb is amazing. But it was just like one of those shows that for whatever reason, you know, missed me. It's a huge show. You know, it's um, the original version was 
by hilarious comedian and comedic actor or comedian Ricky Gervais out in England or somewhere on that side of the pond. It was remade as an American version starring Steve Carell. And it's a show that helped launch his career. And anyway, long story short, I hadn't seen it a few years back. A couple guys that I used to work with, it's like their favorite show. And they were like talking about it. And I was like, oh, i never seen that. And they looked at me the way I look at people when they say that they've never seen The Wire or Breaking Bad. Like it was like completely blasphemous to them. One of them convinced me to actually watch it and I started watching it and I wound up like binge watching like all six, seven or eight seasons, whatever it is. I think they were on like Amazon Prime or something at the time and I was like downloading them on my phone and just like watching them on my commute, like swimming from work. And it's a dope show. It's funny. It's the type of show that, you know, working in an office, having a nine to five, you know, cubicle type job, you relate to it that much more because the different characters you can relate to some of your coworkers, or at least some of the traits of some of the characters you relate to some of the traits of some of your coworkers. And the lead protagonist and Steve Carell is like not the sharpest tool in the shed, but is someone that a boss that had like a huge heart. And for some reason, things always seem to work out for him, no matter how bad he fucked up. And you get to see like the office politics that are again very relatable and the bullshit that goes on there between different characters, you know, exacerbated and exaggerated for comedic effect, but but still like true at its core and very relatable. And La Factoria is the Dominican version of that show. You got a bunch of Dominicans working in un circusal. I think I said that right. And by the way, I still don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> but it's like uh, similar to the office, same type of setup you have. Like in the office, they sell paper. Here they sell, you know, different goods. Uh, but it's like an office cubicle type setting. And they also have a warehouse where things get shipped from. And you have a mostly fully Dominican cast. You know, some, I'm guessing, like half Puerto Ricans, maybe full Puerto Ricans sprinkled in there. You got a token black dude, token Mexican. You have a little person on the show. Which, by the way, I can't think of ever seeing a Hispanic little person, let alone a Dominican little person, since I was like a kid. I can like remember un enanito named Nelson, Nelson el enanito, something like that, that I vaguely remember my parents watching on like Don Francisco, and he was like the smallest person in the world or something like that. But I honestly can't think of ever seeing a hispanic little person aside from on the show and he does such a dope job he plays like the mini me version of the boss of la factoria in a super funny way which is so much harder for him to do because he also doesn't like speak on the show so it's all like physical comedy and his presence alone in like scenes like steals him that's a dope touch to the show and i just really like seeing you know, those same types of narratives that I touched on from the original office with the office politics and, the you know, climbing the quote unquote corporate ladder and office romances and dealing with like grimy coworkers and, you know, friendships. And I really enjoyed seeing like all those narratives, but with a hilarious and contagious Dominican flavoring to it all. But above all else, I really enjoy the like the creativity of the show, the like the feel behind it, 
because even though like the premise is based off an existing show like The Office, La Factoria still comes off as so genuine and raw and authentic, which has to be that much harder. Because you know how they say that out of all like the players, like who's like the close, you know, the closest to Jordan or whatever, there's a sentiment that it has to be Kobe for the simple fact that, you know, you put players like LeBron or Shaq and, you know, different body types, different types of like game that they have, you know, goats in their own right for sure. But Kobe was so ill that he literally emulated Jordan's exact game and was still ill. You know what I mean? Like he didn't come off as like biting Jordan or anything like that. And he was able to make the game his own, which is a monumental feat in and of itself. But yeah, man, La Factoria is super funny. You guys should definitely check it out. I'm going to link to their YouTube page. Each and every one of the episodes, 12 episodes in total, if I'm not mistaken, are available now for your viewing pleasure. Let me shout out some of the cast here. Starting at the top with Agar Garcia, Brenda Raquel. Which, by the way, Brenda Raquel is my favorite. She is actually the reason why I found this show. Because I started following her, I believe, on Instagram a while back. And she used to put out these hilarious skits. Remember, one of the earliest ones that I could remember was, like, Dear Diary, like, Clueless style type shit. Like, um, the Blanquita from Clueless. What was her name? Alicia, Alicia Silverstone? Silverstein? Where she used to, like, write in her diary, like, Dear Diary. And, you know, you just hear what she was thinking. While she was writing, like Brenda Raquel put out some skits like that, but that were just like hilarious. And having like, you know, closer to like my generation, New York, Dominican type thoughts. <laughs> and I saw her on another uh, YouTube show as well, but I started following her from there, from from like IG. And that led me to this show. I was all in as soon as I saw it. So shout out to Brenda Raquel, Chelo Garcia, Cállate Chelo, Chris Grant, shout out to HR, Christian Rocha, D. Espinal, also very funny on, on Instagram, DJ Alimo, Edwin De Los Santos, Eric Henao, Felin Sanchez, Escarle Raposo, Ivan Castillo, which if I'm not mistaken is the creator of the show and writer of the show, and also very funny. On Instagram as well. Joel Reyes. John Calzado. Johnny Astia. Rafael Acosta. Reveda Gomez. That's a Dominican ass name. Rosemary Severino. Tommy Peña. Shout out to Tommy Peña. Hilarious. He plays the like Steve Carell character. Like the boss of La Factoria. Definitely steals the show. And Tyler River. Oh and a very special shout out to Chef Papi which is a Spun Today alum, has been on the podcast in the past, who made a cameo on the show in his actual food truck, by the way, which you guys should definitely check out. Amazing food. Steven Rodriguez, a.k.a. Chef Papi. Delicious food. Had his food in the past when he cooked that caoba. Had the food from his first food truck. And I know he has a new food truck now. Esquina. I-Z-K-I-N-A by Chef Papi which I'm sure is amazing as well. I'll link to all that good stuff in the episode notes so you guys can check it out. But it was definitely dope to see him do a cameo on the show. La Factoria cast and crew, you all have an open invitation here on the Spun Today podcast. I hope that goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway just in case. 
And if you ever need a mediocre Dominican podcaster to do a cameo on the show, estoy disponible. Hit me up. La Factoria streaming now. Check it out on YouTube. Shane Gillis live in Austin. Stand-up comedy special. Shane Gillis, for those of you who may not know, was famous for, infamous for, being the first person to ever get fired from Saturday Night Live before even starting. <laughs> so he is a stand-up comic and podcaster. He got this, by his own account, lucky, unexpected break to be on SNL as a cast member, which is, by all accounts, a difficult feat to accomplish. And then the cancel culture mob dug up an old podcast of his shooting the shit with a buddy of his where he said something that could have been interpreted as derogatory towards Asians. I think he used the term chink. I'm not 100% positive, but it was like something along those lines. And it sucks whenever anybody's feelings like get hurt with shit, especially when it comes to the realm of like comedy and like if it's a comedy podcast, etc. I remember my reaction to watching like the clip when it was like a, you know, like a big story when it happened. And I honestly don't remember the actual clip. I just remember my reaction being something to the effect of that's why he's getting fired from like this dream job before it even starts. That's fucked up. And I could be misremembering the clip. You know, maybe it's horrible. Maybe it's worse than I remember it being. But I definitely didn't think so then. And it didn't seem like something said maliciously. You know what I mean? It was like two guys shooting the shit on a podcast that nobody listens to. And one trying to make his friend laugh in passing. And that's it. So it sucks that that's what he was known for. And he's actually a really funny comic. Now he seems to have redeemed himself in a way. You know, he's not like one of these people that got canceled and just like disappeared and fell off the face of the planet. He continued on with his stand-up, with his comedy. He started a sketch show online as well. Gillian Keeves. Hilarious sketches. Some of them are super, super funny. And his latest stand-up comedy special, which he posted for free on YouTube, following that Andrew Schultz business model. When motherfuckers don't want to fuck with you, fuck with yourself, believe in yourself, double down on yourself, put your stuff out there yourself, and see what happens. He has, in a month, 1.7 million views on his stand-up comedy special. And that's dope to see. And it's so funny. You guys definitely got to check it out. Of course, I'll link to it in the episode notes so you guys can do that. And if you're going to, spoiler alert, I might fuck up some of the premises and bits for you if you're listening to this right now. So please skip ahead. He starts it off with such a funny premise in that he says that he has a Fox News dad or a dad that watches Fox News. And he's like, but a Fox News dad, that's a good dad. You know what I mean? That's like a hearty good dad if you had a fox news mom that's probably a bad mom that's like a mom that like smokes in the house but a fox news dad is not too bad and he was like can you imagine having an msnbc dad and you know every day being at dinner and having him say we need to do something about the environment and then the kids responding like ew i didn't know dad was gay (laughs) i don't know i just found that hilarious (laughs) <laughs> it might not be for everybody. Um, 
he talks about the fact that his dad like watches the news and as the night progresses just like keeps getting like more and more pissed and he drinks too so he's like boozing up and watching fox news and he said he's like pissed off but like drunk and like passing out and he likens it to like being at a black church and like getting like the holy ghost and that certain like trigger words will, will like wake him up and he'll just be like slumped over on his lazy boy couch at least this is how i'm picturing it in my head i'm like paraphrasing like a motherfucker and and probably fucking up the bit my bad chain but this is my regurgitation of it <laughs> um and so he's liking likening it to his father watching fox news to being in a black church and like catching the holy ghost when he hears like a trigger word and he's like wakes up and he's like i gotta build a wall build that wall that did not land for me did it um (laughs) speaking of walls (laughs) then he says that he went to arizona to like the border of uh mexico in arizona and he saw a wall there and he was like amazed and he was like oh shit he built it and that they were like nah it's always been here (laughs) and he was like you fucking serious somebody's got to tell my dad man he's fucking flipping out he's really angry about this shit which was funny on a different on a bunch of different levels and i like the fact that he was able to say which i don't know if it was purposeful or not but he was able to say oh he built it and you know exactly you know he's talking about trump but didn't have to say trump and it was just a really funny special, man. Had a bunch of laugh out loud moments, literally. And he's a funny dude. Um, he's been on a bunch. He, he just recently ran like the gamut of who's who of podcasts. So if you want to get some insight into like how he is, the type of person he is, definitely check some of those out. He definitely didn't come off as some Asian hating racist to me. But definitely, you know, take a listen and see what you guys think. He's been on rogan's podcast has been on the flagrant 2 podcast with andrew schultz and akash singh this past weekend with the yvonne your mom's house burt cast tiger belly t fat k you name it he's been on it promoting the hell out of this special so no wonder it's gotten almost two million views in a month anyway i digress that is my recap and review of shane gillis's live in austin stand-up comedy special Available now on YouTube. And that, folks, was episode 192 of the Spun Today podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely go watch Dave Chappelle's stand-up comedy special, The Closer, on Netflix. Definitely go watch Shane Gillis's stand-up comedy special, Live in Austin, on YouTube. And last but not least, definitely go check out the entire La Factoria series on YouTube. All 12 episodes available now for your viewing and laughing pleasure. And as always, all of the above will be linked in the episode notes of this episode of the Spun Today podcast for your convenience. See what I do for you? Not only do I provide you with mediocre content, but I also put you onto dope shit and make it super convenient and almost seamless for you to access that dope shit. And because I do that, you should listen to my outro where I tell you about a few different ways you can help support the Sponsored Podcast if you so choose. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. 
here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors and all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. SpunToday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section. We can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one.
If you want to help support the Sponsor Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to sponsorday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, sponsorday.com forward slash support. Click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy.